All right, everybody, welcome to Sunday night service. How are we doing on this beautiful Sunday evening? Amen. I heard it was the first day of spring. I don't know, is that accurate? Is today the first day of spring? Either way, we got a beautiful uh, day that the Lord blessed us with here. Amen. Well, we're going to have an awesome time tonight. So if you could clear out of the coffee bar for me and uh, we'll make our way to the sanctuary. It's always these nighttime crowds that like hanging out in the coffee bar. So praise God. Amen. And it's so good. Uh, And I'll tell you in a minute uh, about some of the new updates going on there. But can we go ahead and stand up together tonight? We're going to open up by speaking some faith over the United States of America. Amen. Because we know that America's coming to Jesus. Even if nobody else knows it, we know it. Amen. Because we are convinced of what we do not see according to Hebrews 11. All right. Let's go ahead and say this together. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name, and in unity, we confess that Jesus Christ is Lord over the United States of America. We declare that righteousness, mercy, justice, and judgment from you shall prevail. We declare that America will complete her God-given mission to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. We push back the darkness of Satan from this nation and call for the light of Jesus Christ to invade the media and every home, church and school and every town, city and state of this great nation, the United States of America. In Jesus name. Amen. All right. Let's give the Lord some praise tonight and you may be seated. So we'll go over a few quick announcements here. Uh, first of all, as we said this morning, we've got all new tables and chairs in the coffee bar. So I'm really happy about that. Um, and uh, we're getting those finished this week. So the ugly tablecloths will be off by Wednesday, I'm told. So amen. That's going to be beautiful for us. And um, But also, hey, if you've been looking for a great deal on a used table, you could buy one of the old coffee bar tables. For the, uh, it says five dollars. I'm just seeing this site. So five dollars. And anyway, we just need to get those off our hands. And so praise God if you, uh, see that and, uh, you want to take advantage of that, uh, opportunity, then praise God, grab one of those tables and get them out of here for us so we can just enjoy the new ones. All right. So a few quick reminders for you. Uh, we got, of course, the intentional parenting classes going on. And so that's going strong. We appreciate everybody, uh, being involved with that and, and of course, uh, learning more and more about parenting God's way. And then we've got baby dedications coming up on Sunday, the 27th. All right. And so that's just a couple weeks away. And actually, wait, that's this coming week, isn't it? All right. That's one week away. So that's this coming Sunday at the 10 a.m. service. So uh, if you have not signed up to get your baby dedicated, make sure you take advantage of this opportunity. And uh, remind you once again, the softball team is getting in swing. So if you uh, want to be participating, you see James Browning or Robert Valdez and get yourself uh, going with that. And it's a lot of fun. And then, of course, the Easter service, this is the big one, is coming up on Sunday, April the 17th. Amen. And we are super excited this year. Uh, we're going to be reaching out uh, to the community to invite people in so we can give them the message of Jesus Christ and celebrate that Jesus is alive. Amen. The greatest day in history. Uh, so uh, praise God. Yeah, come on up, baby. You just tell them everything they need to know because I don't know. All right. So y'all brought so much candy that we need a little extra eggs. So if you can bring in eggs this Wednesday, that'd be great. In addition to that... 
Um, the play, the program, the skit, whatever we're calling it, um, practices are going to be Saturday evenings, five to seven. So if your student or youngin is going to be a part of that five to seven in here on Saturdays and parents, we love you. We'd like for you to come with them this time. And it's not as many kids. And so it won't be as long or as crazy. So you come and sit and be in the sanctuary while they practice. You can pray and talk to Jesus. It'll be wonderful. (laughs) All right. Now, if that didn't make you want to get your kid in the Easter play, I don't know what's going to do it. All right. So praise God. Uh, But go ahead and get them uh, involved. And we are doing an egg hunt. We're going to have invitations for you to pass out. And it's going to be an awesome, awesome day that day. Praise the Lord. All right. I think that's all the announcements I got for now. So who knows what time it is now? Yes, it's happy time because God loves those cheerful givers. Amen. If you need an envelope, raise your hand. The ushers will get you one. If you are giving online, you can go to hdwc.org slash giving. And we're going to open our Bibles tonight to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Woo! 2 Corinthians chapter 9. And we're going to look at a few verses here. And uh, man, it's a great, great passage on giving. And we, uh, man, we just, we got some cheerful givers around here, so I love it. But it's super important, especially with the uncertainty of our world now that, uh, you know, the, the, the world would tell you, the human understanding would tell you, man, you just better, you better not give anything right now. But thank God that we don't have to rely on the wisdom of this world. We can rely on the Bible. We can rely on the words of Jesus. And it's telling us, hey, be a giver, be a giver. So, 2 Corinthians 9, uh, verse 6, I'm in the NLT here, it says, remember this, a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop, but the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. And so, uh, hey, if I've got the option of a small crop or a generous crop, I'll take the generous crop. Thank you very much. I want the generous crop. And and so how do I get the generous crop? Well, I got to be a generous giver. So verse 7 says, you must each decide in your heart how much to give. So we decide in our heart how much that we're going to give. Now, real quick lesson, you know, the tithe is 10% of our income. God already chose that. But the offering, the giving, it says, hey, you decide in your heart what you're going to give. No one's going to tell you what to give. You decide that in your own heart. And look at this. And don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. Why? For God loves a person who gives cheerfully. Amen. And I'm, I just love it when, you know, no one's twisting my arm and making me feel bad and you got to do it. You got to do it. No, 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 no. Not under pressure. God loves a cheerful giver who's doing it out of the goodness of their heart. Amen. Are we any cheerful givers in the house tonight? Yeah. Cheerful givers. And then verse 8, what happens when you're a cheerful giver? And God will generously provide all you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. Amen. And so, again, I've been just talking to people every day about, you know, hey, the price of this has gone up, this has gone up, gas has gone up, and 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 all this stuff. And I'm like, you know what? It doesn't matter because I am not bound by the principles and the economy of this world. I rely on the kingdom of heaven. Amen. And so God will provide every need that I have. If I need gas in my car, God's going to provide gas in my car. If I need bacon with my breakfast, God's going to provide bacon with my breakfast. Yeah. All right. Yeah. (laughs) 
Now, did, now, hey, did Jesus eat bacon? Probably not, but that's okay. You know, hey, it's it's good. It's all right. No worries, because he wants me to have some. And so, anyway, uh, God will provide for every need that we have if we're doing things his way. And it says right here, man, if you are a cheerful giver, given generously, God will provide every need that you have. Amen. Let's go ahead and stand up together tonight. We're going to speak some words of faith over the tithes and the offerings. And uh, we're going to do some worship here. And I've asked Brother Chuck to bring the word to us tonight. So he's coming at you hot and heavy. You better buckle up, boys and girls. It's going to be wild. Amen. Yeah, all right. Amen. It's going to be great. So we're going to have us a good time. All right. Let's go ahead and speak some words of faith over our tithes and our offerings tonight. As we bring the Lord's tithe and give offerings today, we believe we receive jobs or better jobs, promotions, raises and bonuses, Benefits, sales and commissions, growth and business, settlements, estates and inheritances, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, binding money, bills paid off, debts paid off, royalties received, blessings and increase. Thank you, Lord, for meeting all of my financial needs so I have more than enough to take good care of my family, to give generously in the kingdom of God, and promote the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's go. Every 
tribe, every tongue, every heart will sing. Every knee we will bow to the risen King. Lift Him up, lift Him up. Never gonna stop singing. Never gonna stop. Higher, higher. Hearts burning bright like a fire, fire. Voices unite, make it louder, louder. Never gonna stop singing. Never gonna stop singing. Every tribe, every tongue, every heart will sing. Every knee we will bow to the risen King. Lift him up, lift him up. Never gonna stop singing. Every tribe, every tongue, every heart will sing. Every knee we will bow to the risen King. Lift him up, lift him up. Never gonna stop singing. Never gonna stop. Higher, higher. Hearts burning bright like a fire, fire. Voices unite, make it louder, louder. Never gonna stop singing. Never gonna stop singing.
promise still stands. Great is your faithfulness, faithfulness. I'm still in your hands. This is my confidence that you never failed me. Your promise still stands. Great is your faithfulness, faithfulness. I'm still in your hands. This is my confidence that you never failed me. Still in your hand, 
confidence and this is my confidence that you never failed me just continue remaining up in a with an attitude of worship because the message tonight is on God's grace and we know God's grace because we're still in his hands he's still looking out for us He's still there. He's never going to leave us nor forsake us because of God's grace. So let's just take a moment as I pray. Just raise up your hands to God and give him thanks for what he has done in your life so that you are making an, an attachment to what God's grace has done for you. So, dear Father, I just come to you in the name of your son, Jesus Christ, for what you've done and what you're doing Go ahead and you guys can pray out loud and be grateful what God has done for you. You can just name anything, anywhere along the lines and just praise Him because what He's done before, He's going to do it again. He's not going to stop and He's never going to stop because of His grace. Thank you. you're a good God and we praise you. You're never going to stop. You're never going to stop doing what you started. We thank you and we praise you Jesus. Man, isn't God so good? Man, when I was studying for this message I was just reminded of how good God is and his grace and how it abounds and how it's continually there. And every song that we listen to and every song that we sing and pray, God's grace is emanating through that. So, man, it's cool. Awesome. You guys go ahead and be seated. Awesome. Sweet. Jesus, you are awesome. Well, tonight is an awesome night because... I would rather be here than at home sitting down watching TV or working on my trailer or working on a quad or just, I love playing with my kids, but you know what? I love being here. I love being able to experience the presence of God with my brothers and sisters in Christ. I love being able to bring the word, hear the word from pastors because they are totally challenging me and my life and my family's life and I'm assuming that they're doing the same for you guys. Or else there would be empty seats here. You see the miracles that God is doing in your lives. I'm gonna, yes, I'm talking about God's grace tonight. It's a pretty deep subject and a lot to go with. Um, so I'm just gonna open up and just thank you, Lord Jesus, that it is not the words that I wanna say, but it's the Lord it's your words by your Holy Spirit that you want to bring to these people, Father. Help me articulate your heart and your desire for us and our lives and our faithful walk with you. We love you in Jesus' name. Anyway, there was a man who stole a car. This is not in the Bible. Similar stories, possibly. He stole a car. He got caught, got busted. He got thrown into court. Now, the judge was about ready to hammer down the law. Boom. You're guilty. Grand theft auto. You're going to pay the price for what you've done. Sure, it's not murder, but it's still a sin. It's, 
he stole something, and who he stole it from was sitting behind him in the courtroom. They wanted justice. But this man humbly repented before the judge. He said, you know what, judge? I deserve what you're going to throw at me. I did steal this car. I took it. It didn't belong to me. So I am willing to do and pay the, pay the price and do the time that you set down. Just about that time when the judge was about ready to hammer down, the people behind him said, whoa, 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 whoa. I want to drop the case. The people behind him that, they, that he stole the car from saw the heart of this individual because he repented and he was sorry and he asked for forgiveness. They said, okay, we're going to have to drop the case because we know he's sincere. So they dropped the car, dropped the case. Judge says, okay, case dismissed. Next thing you know, the people that the car was stolen from looked at the guy, and the guy looked at them, tears in his eyes, grateful that he was forgiven, thanked them for their mercy, even though he deserved it, thanked them for his mercy, their mercy. Then he was very shocked and surprised to hear and to see what they did next. Because of this guy's humility and because of his understanding of what he did wrong and his repentance, they pulled out of, they pulled out of their pocket the keys. Here's the car. I'm going to give you this car. That is grace. That is an unmerited favor. This individual asked for forgiveness, repented, so they gave him the car. Got the address and sent him the pink slip later. That's grace. Okay? That is a, that is a man's perspective and a man's way of doing grace. But we're talking about God's grace. No matter what we do in the human, in our human nature, we are new creatures in Christ, but no matter what we try to do, it cannot compare to the magnitude of what God can and is willing to do. So, with that simple sentence being said, is that a good story? Praise God. I don't know whether that's true or not, but it makes sense. It's a good parable because I did it, I wrote it up this morning. We're going to go over here to uh, Matthew 27. I am going to go over here to Matthew 27. I am working with new note, no new ways of getting around in my Bible, rather than just searching through the pages like you guys are right now. Matthew 27, verse 20 through 23. Now the chief priests and the elders persuaded the crowd to ask for Barabbas to dis- and destroy Jesus. The governor again said to them. Which of the two of you want me to release for you? And they said, Barabbas. Pilate said to them, Then what shall I do with this, with Jesus, who is called Christ? They all said, Let him be crucified. And he said, Why? What evil has he done? But they shouted and shouted and shouted, Crucify him. Crucify him. Crucify him. They wanted Barabbas. Here, 
God's demonstrated his grace and his mercy by releasing Barabbas. But the deeper amount of grace that God had, he had a deeper purpose and a higher calling. By his grace, Jesus willingly went to the cross. They did not take, the Jews did not send him to the cross. Jesus willingly went there. Because it's spoken that he can ask for 10,000 legions of angels. He can ask, or however many, a multitude of angels. Just take one to knock out everybody. But he had whole heaven at his disposal. But he knew, because of God's grace, and what needed to happen is he had to willingly die for our sins. I'm going to go, even though he did not deserve it, that means... Jesus was dying for our sins. He didn't deserve to die. We deserve to die. It was pretty much our blood on his hands, but he shed his blood to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And that is about the pinnacle of of grace that we can come up with. Justice... I'm going to define a few, give a few definitions here. Justice is getting exactly what you deserve. The car thief could have got thrown in jail, hit with a fine, and on parole. That's what he deserved. That's justice. Mercy is God sparing us from the consequences and judgments we deserve. The people behind them said, hold on, stop. We're going to show mercy. We're not going to let him suffer the consequences that he deserves. And grace is God granting us favor and benefits we do not deserve. God is granting us favor and benefits we do not deserve, which we're going to find out deeper here in a few minutes of some of those benefits and how they impact and move in our lives. You can go with grace as an unmerited favor, as something we just don't even deserve, as an unmerited favor. We've got to look at God as he's a just God, he's a merciful God, and he's a graceful God. You can look at grace as also intertwine it with God's love and grace. They're like, Oh, they, they're so closely knit together because God's love acts in grace and grace, that's how God works. His grace and His love. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4. Alright, let's do this. Isn't God good? Am I getting anybody's attention? Is this making any sense? I am kind of liking the way it sounds in here. I'm not irritating myself with the speakers. It's good. Getting better. I like it. Okay. Ephesians 2, 4 through 9. But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. Here's our starting point as a new believer. It's by God's grace we've been saved. I'm going to go on, number six. And raised up with him and seated 
us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith. It is nothing you could do. There is no amount of slits you can do on your body to deserve God's grace. There's nothing, you can't punish yourself to earn God's grace. It is freely given. The only thing you could possibly do here is use that little bit of faith and say, Jesus, I accept you for what you've done. I receive your grace and I ask you to forgive me and open up and just heal me. Take the sin away from me. Teach me your word. Write your laws on my heart and give me a new spirit, a new life. Right here, by grace you've been saved through faith. And that is not your own doing. It is the gift of God. So when we cannot take this gift of God and use it and abuse it, but we can do what God's called us to do. At the, the last scripture that I'll be speaking on is, um, we're going to get there at the end. <laughs> anyway, so what I want to do is say, talking about this age of grace, this time of grace, this dispensation of grace that we're in, this church age, I'm sitting there watching as Pastor Dave is talking about the end times and the world coming to a conclusion. Open your eyes, look, don't sleep now. Everything coming on around you, and I'm seeing and I'm watching, even though I shut off my TV. We, we shut off our TV. It's like, we know it's coming. We see it coming. I'm praising God that God's mercy, He is so merciful, and His grace is so abounding, that before He shows up, I firmly have a, I don't know, I'm not going to be wrong on this. I just, I just so deep in here that God's going to pour out His Spirit in such a manner, in such a fashion. He's going to pour out His Spirit of grace, and people are going to come to Jesus. Because there is no reason for Jesus to come to earth, waste our time, His time, and everybody else's time, if He isn't willing to take the last final step. If He can pull Lot out of Sodom and Gomorrah, if he can pull Noah out of the face of the, off of the face of the earth, get him in a boat, God's grace was on them. So grace is the very thing that we are praying for and watching out for to get our families saved. But the thing about it is, is we can't be sitting on our hands with our fingers in our ears and in our nose and just hoping that someone else is going to do what God's called us to do. God is going to do something. And there's going to be signs and wonders, there's going to be miracles, and there's going to be something happening in our lives and your lives. There's going to be such a dividing line before the rapture comes that there is no question they're born again or they're not. They're believers or they're not believers. I'm lukewarm, okay, yeah, those lukewarm believers, okay. But there's going to, there's going to be clear evidence that people are going to see and hear that Jesus is Lord, and they're going to say, no, Okay, goat, yes, sheep, he knows who he's coming for. And he wants us, High Desert Word Center, people and anybody listening on the internet or whatever, I don't know where it's going, you to do what God has called you to do. There's no time, really. The day is now. The time is now. The hour is now. 
the other uh, last Sunday when I was sitting down there and Pastor Dave was preaching, I was sitting and he talked about the rapture. And I looked around and I go, you know what? If these teenagers and young adults don't get a hold of what their parents are showing them, they might be home eating cereal after the rapture because they might not know how to cook. I, I'm, I mean, literally, I saw something like that. I go, oh, man, some of these kids are going to starve. So the moral of the story is teach them how to cook. No, the moral of the story is to get them saved and to be an example of God's grace. Now, God's grace isn't always running the hammer down on their head. No. God's grace is open arms and love. Bring them in. Sometimes they walk away. Pop! No, say, come on. Let's do this. We can do it. Don't kick them too hard. You know, it's, when they're adult, it's not really child abuse. But you know what? Sometimes you just gotta wake them up. Sometimes the, a donkey needs to speak. But you know what? It's love and grace. And there's gonna be a moment where fear is going to, you just have to fear. But you know what? It starts off with grace. It starts off with mercy. Fear is your last resort. And it's always God's last resort. He doesn't want any to perish, but he wants all to come to repentance. That all defines every one of your family members. Everyone that comes into my shop, they're part of the all. And if I'm not willing to teach, I'm not willing to preach, I'm not willing to take the time out to lead them to Christ, then I may have missed my mark. So... When we're evaluating us in our lives, how are we doing in that aspect by preaching the gospel and being a witness with our actions, with our mouth, with our words, our stories? Look into that. Romans 5, 1 and 2. Let's zip on over there to Mr. One of Paul's writings. Romans 5, 1 and 2. Are we ready? Can I read? Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him we have also obtained access by faith into his grace, into which we stand, and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. So how do we get to God? How do we have access to him? You can't go to High Desert Word Center and go through one service without hearing that word. Faith. Dave, you got it. Faith is one of the main words that comes out of High Desert Word Center because High Desert Word Center is preaching the word. And if you cannot have faith and the word, you got to have them both. Dead on. Faith. Now, when we're talking about born again, when we were born again, there was just enough grace there for God and mercy to draw us into his presence. To say, enough conviction of that Holy Spirit. Say, I'm going to get you in the door. But the grace, the benefits that come after that is what we're going to be looking at here next. That's just the beginning. The grace to get saved is only our beginning walk.
is only the internal transformation is just where the starting point is. It is so sad to see so many people say, I'm saved. I'm done. I don't need to grow. I don't need to mature. I have fire insurance. Yes, healing is mine, but you know what? It's just the way it goes. And prosperity is mine. I just live with what I got. We grow in each and every aspect of that God's grace the more we tap into His Word, the more we come to church, the more we learn and hear. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. We need to know what God is doing in our lives and being able to access that. Coming and being encouraged encouraged by our brothers and sisters, our pastors. So, when we stand, we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. This grace is holding us together. When we're doing, when we're dealing with stuff at work and we're dealing with things in our family and we're getting hit from so many different directions, we're stretched in so many different directions. If we hold on and stand firm into what God's grace is, and God's grace is pulling us through. He gives us the strength, the empowerment, the ability, the power to continue to move on. So it's God's grace that is fully active in our life, and it's because of God's love. He wants us to be victorious. He wants us to be a conqueror, not only just a conqueror, He wants to be more than a conqueror. He wants to not only give you a AR or an AK, but He wants to load you up with a tank. He wants to give you the firepower and everything you need to conquer, more than a conquer. You can take on one man with by yourself, but a more than a conquer, it can take on an army. More than a conqueror. That means you have exceedingly abundantly above all that you can ask or imagine, and God will use you. But we need to continue to work and to be that more of a conqueror individual. Instead of, okay, I'm a conqueror, but I'm defeated in every other of these every one of these other areas. I can't get rid of that addiction. I'm defeated in smoking. Okay, I'm just gonna take another hit. Uh, another drink. I'm gonna do these little little tiny things. That bondage, it's only one show that I, I want to watch. There's only just a little bit of flesh in there. But you know what? God wants us to conquer every single one of those areas. Every single, He wants us to victory. We've got to remember that when these areas we're dealing with sin and we're dealing with our victory. Now, when we're casting out our flesh, that's sin. When we're crucifying ourselves, that's sin we're dealing with. All of the other items that we need to deal with is just looking for God's grace and thank you for His grace. You can't get the two. Well, God has grace on my smoking. He does. He's showing mercy. He or your alcohol or the pornography or whatever bondage you may be having or going under. Okay, God is showing mercy, but He wants you to become more than a conqueror. You can't go to. You can't get into second or third grade when you're held holding yourself back. It's harder to get used by God. It's almost impossible to get used by God if you're being, if that sin and that bondage is holding you back. So you can't get move, moving forward. So we are more than our conquerors. And it is because of God's grace we have access to the weapons of His warfare and His abilities to move forward. 
I am going to go over to my next scripture is 2 Corinthians 12, 7 through 10. 2 Corinthians 12, 7 through 10. I'm talking about Paul here. You cannot talk about grace without going over here. Because Paul, who was a student of the law, he was a Pharisee, he knew Old Testament uh, like we know our favorite restaurant. Okay, we know what he knows. He knew that's why he was so effective and so good. When he was when he was there, when Stephen was being killed, and he was martyring the saints, he was doing that because they were attacking his religion. That he believed that they were attacking his God. So with his zeal and his enthusiasm, Paul was doing that. That's why God showed him mercy. Because it was his zeal for God's righteousness. He didn't have a revelation of Jesus Christ. Okay, He saw the scriptures, he knew the scripture, but he got the revelation on the road to Damascus on who Jesus was. And he had to spend some time resetting. Okay, In that reset, he was able to write two-thirds of the New Testament. Lead hundreds of Jews, who knows? He was able to, he's teaching us today. But Paul, just like any other male or any other person, had the ability to get a little puffed up, maybe a little conceited, or maybe I can do this. However, God, let's go ahead and read. So to keep me from becoming conceited because the surpassing greatness of the revelations Paul had surpassing revelation, greatness of the revelations. He understood what the meant. He understood what salvation meant. He understood because of all the revelation that he had and what God was showing him, God sent him something and said, there was a thorn. A thorn was given me in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to harass me, to keep me from becoming conceited. Three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that that it should leave me. But he said, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, Paul is saying after that response, the more gladly of my weakness, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then I am content with weakness, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am made strong. Paul wanted those things gone from him. The thorns in his flesh. There's been people out there saying, well, he had lusts, and he had other desires. I didn't need a woman. He had these other issues. And, but you know what? I'm, Paul said it right here. Insults, hardships, persecutions, calamities, beatings, whippings, every place he went, shipwreck. People were at him all the time, beating him, hurting him, not listening to him, kicking him out. I mean, false prophets and false, false teachers were just at his side, kick all the time, harassing him. But God said, my power, my ability, 
to carry you through this, my grace is sufficient for you. God's grace, if it was sufficient for Paul, it's sufficient for me. And it's probably sufficient enough for you. No matter what yuck we're going through, no matter what caca we're standing in, God's grace is sufficient for us. Isn't that right? Can we thank God for His grace for a minute? I mean, just come on. God's grace is sufficient. Sure. In our... what Sometimes we want to see more things happening in our lives in a spiritual sense. We want to see... We want to be more effective in our ministries and what we're doing. Yes, but right there, in that moment of time is where God is teaching, He's training, He's molding, if we are willing to allow the potter, Jesus Christ, to continue to work us, to mold us. So when people look at us, they may see us, but when they hear us speak, they, the words of Jesus coming out. There's a time when, when the demons are looking for someone, you can go to Sons of Sceva. Jesus, I know. Paul, I know. But who are you? Demon tore them all up. Sent them off naked. Running for their lives. When our words are so impacted and filled with the Word of God and His power and His Holy Spirit, those demons don't know whether it's Chuck speaking or it's actually Jesus speaking. It's like, Okay, no, it's Jesus speaking because there's authority there and that word is coming out. I gotta run. I gotta obey. So when we know God's word, we know who He is and know what our authority is in Christ and we have the word and we're studying and learning to show ourselves approved unto God, a workman that's not ashamed of the gospel and dividing the words of error to the words of truth and holding on to the truth. That's when we start getting more and more victorious. So when I'm singing that, Jesus, Jesus said to Paul, God said, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. So when we look at our problems and we look at our things that are going on, the yuck, just the stresses of life, but where I am weak, he's made strong. When I can't handle it anymore, I'm going to get up and I'm going to do what God's called me to do and I'm going to live according to His Word that He's given to me. The thing is, guys, but you guys are coming here, you're hearing what the words are saying, but it's okay, really it is, to get in the Bible and read what God is actually saying to you because sometimes Pastor Dave might not speak what God wants to speak to you. Usually he gets it. Usually the message is there, but sometimes God wants you to get into the Word, me to get into the Word and search out for myself the victory scriptures for that area in this situation. It's okay. Call Pastor Dave, call Pastor Katie, call pastors. But you know what? The more stronger you become in the Word, they can be more devoted to those children who need more of their time. But the mature believers here, and the more mature we become, 
the less we have to burden our pastors down because we, our goal is to free them up to serve Jesus, to do the ministry that God has called them to. Period. Really? Isn't that right, Pastor Dave? You want that to happen. It's like, you know what? Okay, we can do this. 1 Corinthians 15, 9, and 10. We're going to go over there to 1 Corinthians 15, 9, and 10. Believe it or not, I don't even know what time it is, and I hope that clock's wrong. On daylight savings time, Pastor Dave, I told him, don't set that clock back. Give Pastor another hour to speak. <laughs> we, you really don't have to go to the scripture, but I did want to say, it is by God's grace. Paul wrote, it is by God's grace I am who I am. It is by God's grace you are who you are. And you know what? It is by God's grace that you're not going to stay the way you are. He's going to move you forward, lift you up, encourage you, strengthen you to move you on. It's God's grace that gets us saved. It's God's grace that gets us to where we're at. But you know what? It's God's grace that's not going to leave us right there. He wants to grow and mature. And it's God's grace that's going to take us further so we can be more effective for His kingdom, His glory. Not so we can get puffed up because there's plenty of thorns. I mean, if you want to look at each and every one of us and we were to take a spiritual picture, we probably got thorns sticking out all over us. But you know what? When we're weak, He's made strong. We can have as many thorns sticking out of us and they can be breaking off and falling off and doing whatever they need to do. However, I am what I am because of God's grace. You are what you are because of God's grace. Taking these little branches, you know, um, Pastor Bernie had spoken one time and he said, if you look, if you take a moment and you look twice, you should probably not look twice. Okay, that's a problem. I'm, I'm trying to move it into the point that if some, if you think about something twice and you shouldn't be thinking about it, oh, that's a problem. So, whatever we're doing in our lives and whatever aspect God is working with us, we're starting with our eyes, our flesh, crucifying it every single day. The flesh wants what the flesh wants. It doesn't matter what age group you are, what bracket you're in, there's something that is tearing at you and there is a struggle and there is an area that that God wants to work with and get it out of you so you can be more effective minister of his gospel dealing with that flesh. We can't be be afraid to deal with that flesh. Sometimes that soda tastes really good and sometimes that overeating tastes really nice and those those beers and that alcohol hang out with the friends and the smoking and Relaxing to the flesh. But if that's holding us back from the plans and purposes of God. Oh, oh Jesus, I'm going to put that on the cross. We crucify it every single day. Are we still getting something out of this? You guys are awfully quiet, man. I mean, I'm, you guys are either just like, or. No. But you know what? All right. I'm going to go over here to Romans 12.1.
Let's go over to Romans 12.1. This was a scripture that I was going to base the foundations of a message on for tonight. God changed my direction over onto grace. Grace is a, it's a big subject. It is not no little light thing that to teach on. Before I did, before I was studying this, I was struggling between, between knowing the difference between God's mercy and God's grace. Because they're so closely linked together that I had doing a lot of reading and a lot of studying and a lot of praying. And I would allow the Holy Spirit to teach me and to show me. And then I would look at other commentaries and books to determine, okay, making sure I was on the right track. So this is what I was going to speak on, but I'm going to, I knew this word was going to end up being here tonight. So Romans 12.1. Paul is saying, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers. He's making a proclamation. He's going, with his heart, he's saying, I appeal to you, brothers and sisters. I appeal to you by the mercies of God to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. I was going to break that down. There's a, there's a whole other message in here, but I'm just going to say, as an ending for tonight's message, is to, by the mercies of God, present your bodies as a living sacrifice. That means... Sometimes it's uncomfortable to do what God wants you to do. Sometimes it's an inconvenience to show up to church on time. Sometimes it is just, I mean, you talk to any of the pastoral staff that has more than one kid, um, which they all have more than one kid. uh, Anyone that has more than three kids, or, you know, any one of us that have more than one kid, you know, sometimes it is really big struggle and it's an and it's hard to get to church on time. But when you value what God has called you to do and what God wants you to do, you take that struggle and you go, "No, God, your grace, no, and your mercy." I just put those shoes on. Why are they off over there? We think of grace and we think of mercy. We need to get there. We get all dressing into the car. I got to go potty. God's grace and God's mercy. God is so faithful to us. God is gracious to us. How much is, has, have we made a mess in our pants and God said, it's okay, let's clean it up. Spiritually speaking, not physically speaking. Okay. We have, we have did some oopses, but God's grace, His faithfulness, His mercy picked us up cleaned us up, washed us, and sent us on the road again. Good job. And eventually, we did it again. <gasps> why do I keep doing the things I don't want to do? And why do I don't do the things I want to do? I think Paul said that. Okay. we got to work on it. There's not a single soul in here that is any different from anybody else. We all have our struggles. We all have our things that we're working on. <laughs> but by God's grace... He gives us the power of His Holy Spirit. 
That's some of his benefits. He give us the power of Jesus' name. The power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus' name. Those are our weapons of warfare. The power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus' name. And our faith. Which is constantly increasing. Because you guys are coming here. Hear the word. And it's getting in there. And you're going to be due diligent to get in the word. Read it. Even if you're only for a few minutes a day. Whatever you can squeeze in there. Read some word. Get something in there. God will direct your paths. He will help you out. He will work it out. Let's go ahead and stand up. It's awesome, man. I thank God for what he's doing and what he's going to do and how he's doing. I appreciate being able to come here and speak. Usually water leaves the mouth and ends up in the bladder, but tonight God's grace kept water in my mouth. He kept it going. Um, So... Josh, are you going to play anything? Tear it down, sister. Let it happen. God's grace is going to make it happen. So, with this message being spoken, and the message that you guys have heard, is there any one of you that would like to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? You've been sitting around on the fence, and do I want to, do I not want to? You know what, I'm enjoying this part of my life, and I, if I come over here and get saved, I can't do that anymore because I'm going to get judged. You know what? It starts out by salvation. It starts out by saying, I want more of God. I want to do what God has called me to do. There's more to this life than doing the same stupid thing every single day. So if there's anybody in here that would like to receive Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. Do not feel ashamed. Do not feel embarrassed to come on up. Pastor Dave is on it. We're on it. If not, that's cool. But you know what? That would mean that you're mature in Christ. When I first got, came to Jesus, I was sit, I was at that altar. I was bawling my eyeballs out. There was no shame and what God was doing for me. And because of that moment, He radically transformed my life. Changed me for His benefit, His good, His glory. And it's been an ongoing process of His grace and mercy in my life ever since that day. So, is everybody in here born again? Yeah? We know Jesus? All right. Praise God. You know what? The next phase is there's anybody in here that needs any prayer. Pastor's willing to pray for you. Pastor Katie's willing to pray for you. Sickness, anything. Need help, encouragement, we're here to pray for you. High Desert Word Center is not a place to, to be ashamed of the problems and the things that you're going through. Because anybody up here knows that, man, I've been there. I've done that. God's grace is sufficient for you. And but you know sometimes you need a hand. So go ahead, sing. We're just going to praise the Lord. And if anybody needs any prayer, feel free to come on up. And then we're going to let Pastor Dave close out.
Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. And you know, Brother Chuck is right. The topic of grace is just about as deep of a topic as you could uh, tackle there. And he did a great job uh, covering a lot of ground on that tonight. But uh, that what an important and timely thing. You know, I, in fact, I was talking to him before the service. I'm like, man, I've been, you know, preaching what God's telling me lately. And I just, I feel like I've been real hard on everyone, but it's what the Lord's telling me to say. <laughs> yeah. You know, Sabrina's like, don't cry about it. But, uh, you know, I was like, he told me, you know what, tonight we're going to put, uh, you know, we're going to be able to bring in some grace and peace on all this and a uh, little ointment. Amen. For stepping on some toes lately, but praise God. It's awesome to just have that balance between all of us. So thank you, Jesus, for that. Amen. What a what an awesome day. What an awesome week at High Desert Word Center. Uh, amen. Loving what God's doing here every single week. And I love how we're reaching all these families and stuff with uh, our parenting class and all the other events. So uh, make sure that you just stay in the loop. Lots of stuff coming up, especially with Easter and everything. So don't miss out on that. Amen. All right. Is there anything else I'm supposed to announce there, honey? All right. We're good. All right. Very good. Well, let's go ahead and we're going to close out in prayer and uh, speak some words of faith over Barstow tonight. And who in here is going to have just the best week that they've ever had this week? I know I am. I mean, I'm just planning on a real winner this week. I don't even know what all is going to happen, but it's going to be fantastic. Amen. Because I'm believing for it. Amen. Let's raise our hands together tonight.
Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord, so much for your holy word, and we thank you for your grace. It is by grace we are saved through faith. It is not of works, lest any man should boast, Lord. It's a gift from you, Lord, and we realize, yeah, we we don't deserve all the good stuff that you've done for us, but it's by your grace that you've given it to us. Lord, help us to live a life that's pleasing towards you, and we thank you, Jesus, for your strength and your power to give you our best this week, Lord. Use us to be the light of the world everywhere we go. We love you and we praise your holy name tonight. In Jesus' name, can someone say amen? Yes, all right. Well, let's go ahead and speak some words of faith over Barstow. Noah wants to do it for me. Come on up, brother. All right, man. Let's do this thing. Say it loud, say it proud. Say it so they can hear you in the back. We declare that Barstow is a blessed city. Our families are blessed. Our schools are blessed. Our churches are blessed. Barstow is healed. Barstow is prospering. Barstow is safe. Barstow is strong. Barstow is surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Barstow is full of love, joy, and peace. Barstow is full of glory to God. Barstow is coming to Jesus. Barstow is saved. In Jesus' name, amen. See you Wednesday.